Hey, Inspire family and all those who are tuning in, I just wanna say it's an absolute privilege and a joy to be able to share with you today. You know, in fact, I really mean that. Every time I get to prepare something and bring it, I count it a real honor, especially in weeks like this one where I know that Friday's announcements would have caused some of you to be really frustrated. I know that for some of you, you have so many questions and how are we gonna continue to journey through this? Uh, maybe for you, it's finally dawned that we are not out of the woods yet. Well, I wanna encourage you in this moment that wherever you are on the spectrum, why don't we pause and we're gonna put that to the side and we're gonna focus. And I believe that today we're gonna to focus on something that's worth protecting, something that's at the very heart of God, something that's at the heart of the good news. In fact, as we take a look, we'll see how maybe it's got something to do with one of the greatest concerts that I ever went to. The writings of Paul, and the importance of good pantry labeling. Yep, we're gonna have a bit of fun today as we tackle an iceberg of a topic. But never fear, we've got 25-ish minutes, so we're gonna put on our wetsuits and our masks, but we're gonna leave the oxygen tanks as we dive off the boat just to go below the surface. So hopefully you're ready today, comment if you are, and we're gonna get started. So last week, Pastor Julia kicked off our Feel the Heart, Be the Heart series, and I loved the message, and it was so cool to see Pastor Don join her in that too. And right at the beginning, they shared a statement that they've taken time and consideration to pull together. If you haven't seen it, check out last week's service after today's service. It's right at the beginning of the message, and within that, they just shared our heart and how, you know, the one thing that we are going to take a stand on is that we're going to be unified, uh, that we are better together, that Jesus is going to be at the center and we welcome everyone, wherever you are on the spectrum, you are welcome. And as part of that, um, she shared a verse out of Psalm 133 verse 1 that says, how good and how pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity you know brothers and sisters living dwelling together in unity and probably like me you said amen but i couldn't help but recognize the weight of responsibility that comes with living out a word like that you know if we're not careful um, it can be dumped into a category like the word love or peace where everybody wants it but it can become so ambiguous and how do you actually live it out how does it actually look if we're not careful we can trivialize it like the name of a combined church prayer meeting or you know when different churches and pastors like each other's instagram accounts you know we've got to be careful that unity doesn't lose its impact or become a word without soul you know david how come he could write this I believe the reason David could write something like how good and pleasant it is because he knew what it was like not to live in unity. We know that he grew up in a household with friction. We know that even after defeating Goliath and becoming Israel's champion, that he was chased out into the wilderness out of jealousy, that he was forced to pull together a ragtag band of guys and how 
you know, it says in one point that in a raid they lost their wives and their, their kids and their possessions and these guys got so angry they were looking for someone to blame that he overheard the murmuring that they wanted to kill him. David knew what it was like not to live in unity so that he could see how good and pleasant it was when he did. Or put it in other words, there's this famous 1980s rock anthem that says, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. Maybe you've experienced that before. Friction in the home, maybe it was with a spouse or your kids and tension begins to fill the void. Or maybe it was at work with a colleague or your boss. Or maybe you had a massive conflict with some close friends and you didn't address it immediately and you left it. And when you leave things like that, it becomes even harder to overcome. I'm so mindful right now in this cultural climate that you know, we've got people in our wider community taking to social media in the middle of lockdown to vent or even to gang up on others. And we're seeing even in the peripherals of our Christian communities, this beginning to take place. You know, unity is so much more than no visible signs of conflict. Unity is a conscious decision that we are going to journey through challenges together because we are better together. And you know, it reminds me of this aha moment. You know, the ones where something just seems to click that happened a number of years ago. So I remember it was a really tough time, um, a tough period at the agency I was working for, the advertising agency called Young Shand. Um, and I remember one afternoon, I was just feeling a bit drained. And my boss, Duncan Shand, came over to my desk and generously offered me two tickets. Now, he knew that we shared a love for a Wellingtonian composer named Ryan Sheehan. And he had bought two tickets to a show that was coming up. It was for um, a release called A Quiet Divide. I've still got the um, limited edition vinyl of that. And anyway, he had these tickets. He must have been double booked. He was always a busy guy. And rather than on selling the tickets, he generously came up to me and said, Jesse, why don't you take these, call Kim, go out on a date together. So I graciously took them. We organized a babysitter. She joined me after work. She looked a million bucks and we went out um, and we had dumplings together and we went to the downtown venue and I still remember, you know, going into the auditorium at dimly lit, finding our seats and, you know, anticipation is really high. And then I'll never forget as the audience erupts into applause as the musicians enter from stage left. And it's an orchestra. You've got your string section and, you know, they're dressed to the nines. And you've got um, a couple of vocalists and I'm pretty sure they were in gowns. Someone had a grand piano. But then you had an electric guitarist and a bass player in jeans and a drummer. And this young guy had a cap on and an 80s inspired bomber jacket and sneakers behind a synthesizer. And I remember just staring at this juxtaposition, this kind of visual feast on stage of a modern eclectic orchestra and just having this moment going, this is like a visual representation of the church. That we too, like this modern eclectic orchestra, a field of people from different backgrounds and different training, maybe formal and, 
and um, self-taught and bringing a different instrument and voices and the singular pursuit of serving the song. And it got me thinking about a verse that is in um, Ephesians, a couple of verses. The first one here, chapter 5, verse 1, be imitators of God. That is a feel the heart, be the heart verse if I've ever heard one. You know, God, from the beginning of the book to the end of the book, we see that unity is at his very core and being, that God the Father is not God the Son, who is not God the Holy Spirit, yet they are one. That is the mystery of the Trinity. And as it says here, and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. You know, God in his infinite wisdom didn't just leave it with unity in his very own being, but chose to make a way so that us as his image bearers can be redeemed and participate in the same purpose of bringing redemption to the world around us. An eclectic bunch, like a modern day orchestra. You know, Paul wrote in um, the previous paragraphs a little more about what it looks like to imitate God in this and what it looks like to live a life of unity. Because, you know, the early church, as we know in Acts, exploded. And it started off with, you know, all of them sharing a common purpose and a common love and fellowship. And, you know, we've talked a lot about that before. But as it begin, began to become a global movement, so too came the growing pains and the issues and the challenges. Some of those challenges were about race. Some of those challenges were about socioeconomic uh, problems. Some of them were to do with some people feeling more enlightened than others, having some secret knowledge or being more spiritually gifted, or even some thought over which leader they followed. Of course, nothing that we would struggle with today. And Paul writes about the importance of living out unity and what it is to protect it. Listen to this, verse 1. As a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. You see that word live is actually the word walk. It's a Hebrew thought that when we live a life, we have a particular walk that we make certain decisions on the path and how we walk that path. And he is encouraging us that there is a walk that shows us worthy of the calling we've received and how we imitate God. And, and this is what he says, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love and make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Let's look at that. So, you know, there's always a light going off when I see something like completely because it tells me, man, I've got a bit of work to do. That first word, be completely humble. You know, I think it's intentional that humility is listed first because I think it is the most important ingredient if we want to have unity. You know, humility has everything to do with understanding where we sit in God's plan and God's redemption, realizing that, you know, if you took a moment like me, you've probably changed so much in the last 10, maybe even five years. 
you know, some things have become a whole lot clearer. Other things you realize aren't so black and white and maybe it's a shade of gray and some things are really important and other things are less important and you have matured. Now, I know if we were in person together, there'd be a few cheeky ones nudging someone on that point of mature, but yeah, we've all matured in different ways. And humility is so important because it helps us to understand that Jesus right now isn't slow clapping any of us of having everything perfect and all together. That's why Jesus said, sort out the plank in your own eye before you sort out the speck in someone else's. We need to always approach each other with humility because then we can do the next one. You know, the next thing is to be gentle, completely gentle. Gentle doesn't mean be weak. Gentle actually means reserved strength. Rather than asserting yourself in or your opinion or forcing somebody to do something, you reserve strength. You are gentle with them. You are patient. I think that word patient is for the person you're being patient with and yourself, knowing that, you know, some days if you're like me, you take two steps forward and then another day a step back. You know, we're all working on this together. It says bearing with one another. That word bearing means to hold people up, in some cases to tolerate in love. And that word love is agape, the love where you prefer someone else. Now for a moment, let's imagine if God didn't measure up to this because he is the perfect example of this. But imagine if God wasn't gentle, that he didn't reserve his power that you know it says that he is slow to anger but abounding in love imagine if he was abounding in anger and slow to love imagine for a moment if God wasn't patient that he wasn't willing to be patient with you as you grow expecting you to have everything together right now imagine if he didn't bear with you holding you up giving you the second chance the third chance the hundredth chance imagine if he didn't show Agape, you know, it says he took it to the fullest extent that he was willing to come from heaven to take on flesh and bones and get his hands dirty in the act of redeeming us. And yet sometimes we find it a challenge to get over a disagreement with someone. Be the heart, be imitators of God. You know, a mature musician understands this. A mature musician understands how to reserve power. We've probably all experienced when a drummer doesn't uh, reserve strength. Uh, of course, no inspired drummers. Our inspired drummers are all amazing, but we've probably been somewhere where the drummer is just too loud and it's overbearing and it becomes a distraction and it takes over and it even causes people to not want to listen to the music. A mature musician knows how to be patient. They say that the sign of a, a mature musician is not just knowing what to play, but also knowing when not to play. Knowing when to bring the voice of the instrument to the song and when to be silent and how to fit in around each other. Bearing with one another. You know, mature musicians know how to work together, sorting out the kinks in a practice, in private, before going on the stage. We are better together. And then it goes on to say, make 
every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. You know, that word keep there means to protect. It means to um, guard. You know, we need to protect and guard the special thing that we have, which is the unity of the church, the unity of our community through the bond of peace. That word peace doesn't just mean the absence of conflict. It actually means restoring to the whole picture. You know, the whole picture requires all of us in our diversity from different backgrounds, like that modern eclectic orchestra where you've got people in gowns and sneakers and violins and 80s synthesizers. When you've got a large group, like a large orchestra, you need a band leader or a conductor. And that's why I love here where it says, keep the unity of the Spirit. You see, it calls out that the Holy Spirit is the one that leads us. The Holy Spirit is the one that leads the unity. Um, and we've got to be listening and following the leading. And I want to encourage you, inspire. Keep praying for us, your leaders, and keep praying for the church at large. Leaders within the church as we continue to, to follow after God and to listen to his leading and to the, do the best that we can to bring about unity and to bring about peace. You know, unity doesn't mean uniformity where we all look the same. That's called a tribe where it's, um, you know, us versus them. No, but you are right in thinking that we need to unify about something. That's, that's what unity requires. And Paul's got, the, Paul's got the clue here. It says, there is one body. That's the fellowship of believers. There's one church. There's not heaps of different tribes. There's one body and one spirit. Yes, one Holy Spirit that activates this and causes us to have fellowship with one another. Just as you were called to one Hope, yes, there's one glorious future that God is calling us to partner with Him and bring about as He works in and through us. And at the end of the book, one glorious hope, you know, that we're walking towards when you were called. And one Lord, that's Jesus, and one faith, that's one singular commitment to Jesus, and one baptism, you know, there's one singular sign of entering into that you know as we identify with Jesus's death and resurrection through water baptism and stepping into that new humanity that he made a way for and then it says in one God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all you know I, I love God he's sovereign yet he is willing to journey with us through our challenges and he is willing to work in and through us together. You know what I don't read here? That there's one political affiliation, that there's one set of pet ideologies that doesn't talk about personal conviction. It doesn't even talk about whether you can have pineapple on pizza or not. You know, the, the truth is, and you know, we should have conviction but we must humbly hold on to them in the light of Jesus and the one body. You know, sure, I would love it if everybody shared my perspective. The world would be a better place. But we all think that there's always going to be differing opinions. And there's also going to be things where 
we, uh, we debate. And the reality is often that truth lies in the tension of uh, it's not always one or the other. That is why we've got to commit to being unified. That's why we've got to be committed to walking together, to journeying together. We've got to be unified to working out the kinks together in private. And why is that? It goes on to say in verse 14, then we'll no longer be infants. You see, doing this is the sign that we are maturing. Um, Sometimes we get so caught up in um, the message. Remember, it says the truth in love. We get so caught up. What did Paul say? That without love, it's just a resounding gong. And who cares about your message or your spiritual gifts without love? No. Unity and love is what we need to move forward. And it says that we'll no longer be tossed back and forth by the waves. You know, waves speak of, you know, life's challenges. And man, there's been wave after wave. But in unity, we can overcome these. That we won't be blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Man, there's been wind blowing from both sides right now. We can overcome that in unity together. It says speaking truth and love. There it is. And we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. That is the good news of unity as it causes us to grow together with Jesus at the center. And then finally, verse 16, from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. That is the good news. That not only have we been called into a new humanity, into a new purpose together in God, but it's together. It's not us on our own, it's us together. And that is our witness. You see, Paul says in Ephesians 3 verse 10, listen to this. His intent or his purpose was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. You know that word manifold means of differing colors. It makes me think of an amazing piece of art or a stained glass window or even music. You know, when I think about that concert, I think about how, man, it was beautiful. It was like many different colors. It was light and shade and it wasn't just a singular haunting violin, but it was a soaring symphony. And you know, more than that, I noticed that They didn't even say a word till near the end, but yet our souls were lifted by the music. And that is the witness and the testimony when we live together in unity, that it brings music to our message. You know, Inspire, we've got something special worth protecting. We have a place where people, different backgrounds, business people, parents, artists, students, kids, you know, different backgrounds, we can come together under the name of Jesus to seek Jesus together and move forward to see God transform our lives and work in and through us. You know, we've got the good news of unity where, you know, with unity, love abounds. You know, people can become part and, and realize that we are better together, that in that love abounding, we see truth abound, we see trust abound, as opposed to division where, you know, people become isolated or 
we're still formed tribes and then there's an us and a them and hate confessor and mistrust and lies that cause confusion and conflict and fear. You know, we have something worth protecting. Unity, that we are all different, like that modern eclectic orchestra where you've got gowns and sneakers and violins and 80s synthesizers. So inspire church at large. I want to encourage you, let us embody unity as our witness. Let us become comfortable in our diversity that some are in gowns and some are in sneakers and some have violins and some have 80 synthesizers. Let us be willing to bring the music to the message to lift souls. Let us be humbly open to working through our challenges, truth and love privately. Let us truly say with confidence how good and how pleasing it is when brothers and sisters live and dwell together in unity because there God commands a blessing. Let's pray together. God, I want to thank you that you were good, loving, and faithful. God, I want to thank you for what you're doing in and through us. That God, you have redeemed us. God, that you've already forgiven us. And Lord, I just pray as a community that you would continue to lead us forward. That God, that you would help us to be more unified than ever. That it would become our witness. In fact, God, I pray that you would forgive us in any areas where we have let division enter. In fact, God, if, if we've personally done anything, forgive us, God, if there's opportunities to mend that, show us and enable us to do that. And God, I pray, continue to let us be a testimony to your redeeming work in the world. God, I thank you that the world is looking for this in all the wrong areas, but let the church arise. Let us lift you high that, as it says, all men would be drawn to you. In Jesus' name. In fact, maybe you're watching right now and you're thinking, man, I need to make the first step. I just need to make a, a step in saying yes to following Jesus. That's, that's the start. I want to encourage you. Why don't you say this prayer like me where you just say, God, I want to thank you that you're good. Lord, I want to thank you for the cross where you made a way through your death and resurrection that I could be set free from my sin and my shame and the, my shortcomings that I get tangled up in. Lord, I just, I'm sorry for it. God, I'm trying to, I'm sorry for doing it on my own, but forgive me and set me free right now in Jesus' name. And I want to encourage you, if you're going to make a prayer like that, why don't you head to inspirechurchnz.com slash yes. And let us know, because not only do we want to celebrate with you in the greatest decision that you could ever make, but we want to journey with you and help you. Because remember, we are better together. And church, my prayer is that this week that you would be blessed as we continue to journey forward together. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We pray that you would activate something in your life and shift your life towards Jesus. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just click follow. We love you. Have a blessed week.